time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody, and Happy New Year. It is Monday, January 4th, 2021. It's so good to have you back here with us in the new year. Happy New Year. Hope you had a great holidays. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And again, we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment to you is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. Today, we have joining us Dr. Michael Frattentoni, who is the Chief Economist and Senior Vice President of Research and Industry Technology. And we're going to be discussing his economic forecast. 2021. Really looking forward to that and uh, talking about what we have to look forward to in the new year. We do that every year and he's gracious to join us in every one of our podcasts at the beginning of the year. So stay tuned. We're going to have him on at the Hot Topic segment. I want to say thank you to the Industry Syndicate. We're pleased to be a part of the Industry Syndicate. Check out all the podcasts on industrysyndicate.com as well as mortgagemedia.com. Pleased to have a partnership with both of these organizations and they invite us in because we're the granddaddy, which means we're the oldest out there. At 70 years old, maybe I am the oldest podcaster out there in a while. We've been doing the podcast for a number of years and it's great to have you with us. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, MPA, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. We've got Michael Frantoni on today. We had Marina Walsh on in September 14th. Did a great job talking about what the cost is. We're looking at where things are added with the organizations, the cost structure, the underwriting salaries, all salaries across the board. So we'll get Marina back on and give us an update on that. Also, I was just talking to Finastra, who will be our guest next week, talking about some of our recent survey that Finastra did. Again, Finastra is the third largest fintech company in the world. They do a great job with a mortgage box fusion system that they have. They also have a new product we're going to be talking about and a survey. So be sure to stay tuned for next week's podcast. Also, we want to say thank you to two collaboratives that are out there. Lenders One, one of the original ones. And we're pleased to be members of that. Justin Demolio was on in June talking about that. We'll be getting him back on, talking about all that's going on with Lenders One, as well as the Mortgage Collaborative. We had Tom Gallucci on. Again, congratulations to Tom being promoted to Senior Vice President. He was on on December 7th. Really appreciate both of these organizations we get to be a part of. They do a great job of helping members get up close and personal with each other. So they've got peer surveys and things like that. You know, either one of these organizations do not replace the membership of the MBA folks. So they'd be really, really clear on this. What these two organizations do is give you a chance to get in a tighter community. So I'm a big proponent of both organizations. If you had to choose, you got to choose the MBA, of course. But if you have the ability, and I think everyone should, consider being a member of one or both of these co-ops. Also, we had Michael Jones, the current president with CMLA, who is on on September. Also, Indicom, who has a great job providing automation, outsourcing, and compliance solutions to the mortgage industry. We had Linda Bomar on. That was August 31st. Also, Accelerate. We had Josh Friend on in August. Again, all the technology. I was talking to one of my clients this morning. The key is keeping your costs down, but using the right technology. You've got to check out Accelerate and what Josh Friend has developed on working with borrowers, helping you get up close and personal engagement with them. They had a great tool there, as well as Innovian. I love what Ted Kramer has created, was doing your secondary marketing. They optimize your pricing and your executions 
Go back and listen to the interview we did with Ted Kramer on December 14th. It was a real good interview and answered a lot of questions. We had a lot of loan officers contact me after that interview saying, that was a great interview. I learned a lot. And so get a hold of Ted Kramer at Innoviant as well as Knowledge Coop for a training. If you're looking for your own learning management system internally for your company, check out Knowledge Coop. Then we have Mobility RE and Modex. Both of these companies do a great job at helping you recruit LOs, looking at empirical data, really what someone's doing, as well as each of these two companies have slight nuances, have more and more clients of mine that are saying, we've actually wanted to go with both solutions because of how they complement each other. So anyway, check them all out on our webpage on the LinkedIn Lending Podcast. We're going to jump right into Les Parker's TM Spotlight with this week's macro view of the markets. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. And we can restore growth together, standing free forever. Nothing's going to stop us now. The weak dollar persistently supports an increase in rates. The Fed keeps supporting low rates for mortgages. President Trump's established COVID-19 and economic policies sets the USA up for a great recovery in 2021. Yellen and Biden are good at following roadmaps made by others, so rates should rise to 3.5%. Will the left wreck destiny? If the Senate falls, the market does not expect it, and free people will not stand for it. They say nothing's going to stop us. These views are my own. Want more? Go to tmspotlight.com. Always enjoy Les's music parody. He has Gary Kenterbone working with him and co-producing those. So thank you to those guys for doing a great job. Go to tmspotlight.com and sign up for Les's free newsletter. And if you put in the word power, as in power seller, you'll get the paid version at no cost. And that's being subsidized by our friends at Power Seller. Matt Graham is here, founder CEO of MBSLive.net, and he is here with a market update. Matt, good to have you here. Happy New Year, friend. Happy New Year, Dave. How are you doing? So good to hear your voice. So let's talk about last week real quick. It was understandably pretty low key as far as the bond market is concerned or was concerned in this case because it was a three and a half day week. There were not very many big fish to fry and there are bigger fish to fry in the upcoming week, the one that we're in right now. So it was pretty calm. There was some risk at first. Sunday night, Trump signed the spending stimulus bill and that was something that was always going to be a little bit of a stumbling block for the bond market because it involves more treasury issuance and that's just a little bit of a upward implication on bond supply. Higher supply, lower prices, higher yields, all other things being equal. There was also some risk that Congress would take up this additional stimulus paycheck yep. thing up to 2000 from the 600 and that would have definitely had an impact on bonds. But we found out pretty soon into the week that that was probably a non-starter. And so the bond market really set about uh, just grinding to a halt for 2020. That wasn't necessarily a given early in the week. You can always see some additional volatility at the end of the year, even at the end of the month, as traders shuffle positions on a somewhat compulsory basis for certain traders based on changes in certain indices that they have to match their holdings to and other positions that have to be closed or squared by the end of the year. But in this case, for December in 2021, we had apparently found the right range, the warm bowl of porridge already, and uh, 10-year yields just kept moving sideways in this 
0.9 to 0.96 range. And yeah, that was it. Really not much impact from anything throughout the week. The treasury auctions early in the week, and especially the two on Monday due to the shortened week, those actually did produce a little bit of a bounce in bonds. So traders were probably defensively positioned for those, which is not uncommon, and rallied a little bit in bonds after that second auction on Monday. And then the rest of the week's data had no impact on bonds. The interesting piece of data for the housing market would have to be the Case-Shiller Index coming 7.9%. That is the highest since 2014, and that those 2014 peaks sort of captured the big rebound from the mm-hmm. uh, meltdown. So super strong home price growth. Pending home sales told a similar story, 257 so that was a little bit lower than the previous month. But yeah. if you take 125.7 and go back into the past, you have to go yeah. all the way to 2005 to find anything higher than that. And even then, you know, that was peak housing bubble and the levels back then weren't really much higher at all. So really still very strong housing market data, still very low interest rates, mortgage rates continuing to outperform treasuries. And let's talk about the week ahead. Yeah. One of the reasons that last week could have been so calm is that bigger fish to fry that we have this week. But I'm going to make you wait for that for a second. There is a ton more data coming out this week. I'm going to burn through it real quick for those that need to know. And then we'll get to this, you know, the big to do. So Monday's a slow starter. We just have construction spending. It's already out. It was roughly in line with forecast. Tomorrow, we have ISM manufacturing. Forecast is coming a little bit lower than last time, but still expansionary at 56.6. Wednesday, with us as always, NBA apps in the morning. ADP, private payrolls from ADP, it's coming in at 88,000 versus 307. So they're seeing a pretty big drop. Factory orders at 10 a.m., nobody cares. Thursday, jobless claims 800K versus 787 previously trade deficit that same time, 8.30 a.m. Then ISM non-manufacturing forecast to come in at 55 versus 58 previously. So similar contraction versus the previous month's numbers as seen for the manufacturing numbers on Tuesday. Then Friday, the big jobs report coming in also quite a bit lower than previously at 100,000 versus 245 last time. But the unemployment rate is seen staying the same at 6.7. So here's the big deal Wednesday. And I think a lot of the country, even apart from the financial markets, are focused on when Wednesday. And I don't know a thing about politics or when we're going to start to understand the results, but it's all about that Georgia Senate election. I don't think anybody is drawing firm conclusions based on those. But if it is possible and if it does happen that Democrats win both of those Senate seats, then it gives them full control in the Senate and thus full control in lawmaking and has everything to do with one party having control of Congress and the presidency and that making it easier to spend money and thus affect interest rates. And just as a reminder, spending money doesn't always look like spending. In 2016, the same thing happened. It was the biggest bond sell-off we've had in years. And that didn't look like spending money, but the tax bill was actually another form of spending because it created a revenue shortfall that we had to use treasury issuance to offset. So that was the cause of a huge, huge sell-off in 2016. And uh, then one could argue that the you know positive economic impacts from lower taxes also drove rates higher. 
But the biggest reason for it was that the revenue impact in the tax bill. So bottom line, this could be the week where momentum finally returns to the bond market after being largely absent since, I would say, the presidential election. So not a good time to be complacent, a good time to be on your toes, pay attention, use your favorite monitoring services like mbslive.net and use your LOL code at sign in for a free month. No credit card required, but you should get one in there. You know, Dr. Michael Frantoni, and he says, oh, I use it. And he says, you've had a number of the MBA folks talk about that. I mean, that's encouraging to see that uh, the MBA is on your site and present. Even Bob Brooksbitt is making comments on the live section at times. I think that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. We're honored to have them. Sort of like the the scientists studying the caveman, as it were. But we're a window <laughs> into the front line. Well, you do have a good window, and I encourage people to check it out. It's, again, the one place you have to go. What CNBC is talking about. They seem to cover a lot of the stuff. What's Diana Orlick, Orlick saying? And so you go on there, and you can catch it all. It's just really great. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. Let's get over to Alan Pollock, Mr. Technology himself. Hey, Alan, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good to be here. Glad that we made it to 2021. Yeah. Do you see something coming that we should be anticipating? It's hard to say because it depends on who you talk to. I don't get too excited because I know the truth behind a lot of the fancy terms. You know, we continue to use the word AI and machine learning and automation. The reality is, think of a car in assembly line, right? You can say that this car is built with AI, but it may be that only the tires are put on by a robotic arm that can determine how tight to make the lug bolts, but the rest of the car is not. And I think we still have a lot of that going on, right? We have a lot of independent components and we're going to have that for a long time. Our industry, it's so complex. There's a lot of people working towards that. Blockchain is really going to be a big deal this year. I was on the phone with a vendor, actually probably beginning of November, and they talked about how they don't provide any metadata to the things that they do, the documents especially. But what they do provide is a blockchain this year where all the data will exist and it's groundbreaking. And so what makes it groundbreaking? I said, because the data can't be changed. And I said, well, I get it. It makes sense. It's what blockchain is, but it's not groundbreaking just yet. And look, being on the tech side too, we have to work towards this direction. We have to innovate, but the Mm -hmm. industry's got some problems right now, right? Challenges. We've got a capacity issue. We've got the learn and train and grow from within. We've got a shortage of underwriters. We've got process to close alone, regardless of what it really is, David, and what the technology tells us. If you go interview borrowers and millennials, they still think it takes a month to two months, right? We haven't fixed that yet. Borrowers, new ones, still think that they can do things like you can't walk into a car dealership with a loan to get a mortgage. It just doesn't work that way. There's so much to know. You can get a a car loan by a pre-approval online, walk into the dealership, show a pay stub, and you're out with a new car. So we've got to still leverage technology to make us smarter, but we have to make them smarter too. I know the whole industry is talking about when you look at ICE, right? Like what are they going to be doing? Potential privatization of the agencies. Does it bring a third player to the market? How does technology play a role? All the agencies right now are working on major technology plays. One is to identify the quality of loans up front, but Mm -hmm. we've all been trying to do that for a long time, but also to be able to build a pipeline much sooner. And, you know, they're obviously working in where their future direction may take them. There's a lot of technology solutions right now, David, looking at capital markets, how to better your execution, how to understand where your risk is, how to better value loans that are being serviced, not lose, right, that prepayment risk, all those different things. So, But I don't see any one thing to answer your question directly. There's nothing that jumps out and says, God, this is amazing. This is brand new. Yeah, Yeah, I think we're making progress, but it has been slow. I want to call everyone's attention to the series of podcasts we did starting in November 2nd, where we had Joe Tyrell on, did a great job. I loved his enthusiasm in that podcast. And then 
November 9th, we had on my good friend Brent Chandler of Form Free, and then we had Frank Poison with Black Knight, and he talked about one of the big quotables that came out of the November 16th interview was, he says, it's not rocket science, it's worse, it's more complicated. We brought up Tom Joe Walter right after that on the November 23rd podcast, he goes, oh yeah, I am a rocket scientist, and I can absolutely tell you, it's worse than, than trying to put someone on the moon. There's so many moving pieces, it's so complex, and I think with what we have, it is always evolving. So yeah, I don't know that there's anything new, but we are certainly seeing opportunities for some things new. I'm actually having a couple of conversations with a couple of companies right now that are doing some things and I need to get you in touch with them. So let's get into your report. So much has changed with the pandemic. I don't know if you saw this, but there's a bunch of articles now about how podcasts are surging in popularity as people look to opt out from the news. And not only that, but podcasters had lost the commuter audience, right? The folks that would listen during their drive to work and drive home from work and walk around the building. But 18% of adults say they're listening more to podcasts. So it's really interesting. And, and Gen Z has really increased on podcasts the most. And I mentioned that just because as we look at new ways to enhance our business model and look at ways to attract that online buyer, it may be that a podcast is the direction that helps bring some education to your audience. Yeah. But also, I thought this was interesting. I was watching CNBC this morning and PayPal was out there and they said they found that consumers have a new trend. It's three things. They found consumers in 2021 are going to be focused on shopping and how that affects them financially. They're going to be focused on the big one, which is financial services, and they're going to yep. be focused on digital payments. So financial services is really getting to be a big thing. And you know, we talked about last week, know your customer, KYC. That's a big deal in financial services. So if you're a financial institution listening to this podcast, KYC is even more important to you, being able not only to understand who your customer is, but to maintain and manage that and build that experience around that and then to use that data throughout. But David, KYC is also being a big deal in technology because think about the ability to take a driver's license and scan that and be able to not only validate that that's the license, but then get a picture of the person, validate that that's who they are, and then pull in all kinds of data and auto-fill in the 1003 and take them through a, a verification process rather than data entry process, run fraud automatically, do all these different things. So KYC is a big deal. But I wanted to mention that because of just the fact that financial institutions are going to be focusing so much more, again, on financial services and digital payments, B2C and P2P. Also, super important, David, Fannie and Freddie, as we know, January 1st, the GSEs are accepting uh, new loans on the new ERLA. But remember, March 1st, 2021 is the mandate for open production. So if your vendors are not ready with the new ERLA, or if they are and you haven't tested it, especially if you're taking data and using it for BI purposes and other things, remember, you can't delete all data fields. So there can't be a retirement of the field itself. There can be a retirement of using the field. But you do need to make sure that you've included and you're adopting the new field. So again, March 1st, 2021 is the mandate. So you should be focused on the new ERLA at this point. And then David, one of the things I wanted to mention, you talked about new technology. One is uh, Form Free. I did have something in the news going on with them. So Ocrelis, they did a deal with, and basically what this partnership gives them access to do is to verify employment income and pay stub WT data. And they get to cross-reference the data and employer borrower relationship against a whole bunch of data sources that they say is proprietary. So this helps provide more validation to the data, just not acquisition of the data. So good job to Form Free for doing that. And MCT also just rolled out 
about an upgrade to what they call MCT Live, which is a pool optimizer. And it basically, they say it enables secondary marketing managers to use actual cash window execution for optimization of each of those loans. So if you're using MCT or you're looking in that direction, you want to talk to them. Building that technology, by the way, simple pool optimizer, but it is not because all of the real-time data and the performance data that you need to update on all of those assets. And that is not a simple thing to do. So hats off to MCT on that. And with that, David, we could talk next week about the topic you brought up having to do with being able to hire from within. There's some great stuff going on, being able to build the right technology leadership team heading off to a great 2021. And looking forward to hearing Dr. Michael Frattentoni's report coming up. Yes, I am as well. A couple comments on this. Those that didn't catch the December 21st interview with Nick Hedges, who said, it's interesting, Dave, that it started with audio. Everyone wanted audio, podcast grew, and it shifted over to video. And guess where it's gone back to? It's gone back to audio, audio only, because lives are so busy. You need to tell your story on an audio basis and communicate it audio. If you want to do video, they'll go back and check it out. He says, but the pendulum has swung back. And I follow experts like Nick Hedges. So top guy, really enjoyed that interview. Encourage people to check it out. And also talk to a very good friend of mine is John Vong. And the point of, I want to reinforce what you were saying about private equity. That was really interesting. He told me the number of companies and forgot the name of the private equity firm that was behind the acquisition of his company, but the number of acquisitions this company has made has been amazing. But what we're going to see in the new year is going to eclipse anything that we saw in 2020. Different opportunity now. Just to throw in one last piece there. To me right now, I don't think it's so much of opportunity for little companies and and new startups, but more of companies trying to put together more of the pieces of the bigger picture. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. It's piecing together a strategy. We're going to have a lot to talk about. We may be talking more about M&A within the tech space and there is anything else, but I think there's some interesting ones coming out. So we'll talk more about that again in the new year as we get into this more and more. Thank you so much for being here for the first half of the podcast. Appreciate it very much, Alan. Blessings. Folks, we're going to move out of the market update. Next week, we will have Dan Putney of Finastra joining us, talking about the survey. It's really interesting data. We talked about it when we had Steve Hoke on a while back. We had seen some insights into that survey, and it's really interesting. We're going to be sharing some of that data with you next week. We want to check that out. So thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, as well as the MBA, as well as Indicom, Accelerate, Mobility, RE, Modex, so we could go on and on. Check out all of our sponsors on our website. Good to have you with us, everybody. Have a great week and a happy new year. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.